Welcome to Intel's Conversations in the Cloud. I'm your host, Jake Smith. Join me as I speak with guests from across the world about the latest advancements in cloud and edge computing, data center technology, network infrastructure, security, artificial intelligence, and more. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Jake Smith, and welcome to another episode of Conversations in the Cloud. I am joined today by founder and CEO David Prostos of Interaction Inc., David Lewis, Vice President of Business Development and Co-Founder of Interaction Inc., and Alan Jin, Founder and CEO of Zero Down Software. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We're here today to help our listeners understand about the future of the Safe House Initiative. David Prostos, can you give us background on why Interaction Inc. joined the Safe House Initiative? And why do you think it's important for Interaction Inc. and your customers? Certainly. Jake, it's rather an interesting story. We started Interaction Inc. as a marketing and sales automation company. And one of our first customers was a large insurance company. And their CIO, once seeing the platform, had identified a use case that they had a real problem with, which was business continuity planning and business continuity communications. And so the CIO basically came up with a concept of leveraging our engagement platform for business continuity and emergency response management. And so that was our first customer. It was actually a customer-driven idea. And so as we started exploring this and looking into how to take advantage of the market, and there's a big hole in this market for what we do, we started talking to experts in the field, and that's how we got involved with Alan and their organization, Zero Down Software. So it's been a fun ride, but it was all customer-driven. It was all based on need and based on you know the future. So we're very excited about it. We think it's a great opportunity, both for us and for our customer base. And we're seeing a large level of demand at this point. So we're very enthused about the marketplace. Outstanding. Alan, you know, David mentioned that in his search to find somebody who could resolve the concerns of his largest customers, he reached out to you. Can you talk about your background, the background of Zero Down Software, and why you're joining the Safe House Initiative? Sure, Jake. And thank you for having us. This is a real opportunity for us to spread a message that really isn't out there in the public, and that is operational resilience. So we had met the interaction team as well, looking at solutions for business continuity. And I was on a Teams call with one of your customers and one of our partners having a conversation with the global CTO. And the question was, we are having a real problem with ransomware. Can you solve this problem for us? And the short answer is, we don't protect against ransomware. That's never going to happen. But what we can do is we can protect against operational downtime. And we were demonstrating how we do it. And then the question then came up with what happens? How do we notify anybody that we're having a problem? And that's when interaction came into light. And we then had a really interesting conversation with our colleagues over at Marsh McClellan about how big is this problem? And it turned out that it's the small and medium-sized businesses that comprise about 99% of all the firms in the United States. 
that are just underserved. They don't have access to this kind of technology, this kind of education. All of the contributors to the Safe House Initiative, we sell primarily to enterprises and governments, and we don't market to the small and medium-sized businesses. So it just became an idea that we could bring together contributors that are all serving the needs of large enterprises, but not the needs of these small and medium-sized businesses. And that's how we got together. David Lewis, can you give our listeners a feel for why you, A, helped David T. found Interaction, but why you believe the Safe House Initiative is so important for the future of Interaction's business? Absolutely, Jake. And I echo Alan's statement. Thanks for having us on today. You know, David and I have for years been working in the business transformation consulting industry and have had numerous engagements with various companies where we're talking to CIOs, CEOs, CMOs, and they all had very common types of issues when it came to better ways of engaging their customers and better ways of leveraging the multimedia content that companies invest in. Help us get to our customers and put in their hands better content that we spend all this money producing and better ways of utilizing it. And interaction really grew, as David said, our safe house initiative involvement grew from a customer. And really the creation and co-founding of interaction was from this vision and work that began to appear as we did a lot of enterprise types of consulting engagements. So that's how Interaction was really formed. And David and myself and our other co-founder established a track to develop Interaction. What's really exciting is to see how Interaction being a versatile engagement platform that can be applied to many different types of use cases really came into focus around helping companies establish a communication fail-safe for their operation in the event of a business disruption. And that disruption could be anything from things that we've all seen and heard happening in the industry with somebody applying a patch incorrectly or doing an upgrade incorrectly and bringing an entire system or environment down to things that David and Alan were talking about of ransomware or malware or other types of intrusions. So interaction provides a very unique type of capability in that scenario where customers can use interaction not only to notify their constituency or stakeholders, but they can instruct them with very rich multimedia, all types of content to give them clear instruction on what to do or what not to do. And that involvement with Safehouse, I think, is what triggered an Alan and Alan jump in, you know, triggered in your mind that, holy moly, this really does help provide a real communication failsafe for a company. Absolutely. One of the things that I did, because I've been in the business for many, many decades, and we built disaster recovery plans for some very large customers when I was at Cooper's and Libra, and we would do tabletops. And during the tabletops, Something as very simple as we're having a disaster, everyone needs to go to a specific location in a parking lot, never was successful. 
we're running around with three ring binders and people aren't doing it. They're not showing up where they're supposed to be. They're not contacting the people within the organization. They need to be contacted. They're not contacting their customers, as an example. And when I saw the interaction product, I essentially saw the ability to build a virtual disaster recovery plan or business continuity plan that can be pushed directly to your mobile phones. That's something everybody carries on them. You can go to your email or can contact you through an additional or another alternative network. I felt pairing that with what we do, and that is to keep your applications up and running in another location, would be a perfect package or bundle solution for providing operational resilience to enterprises. We had never thought this was going to be such a requirement for small and medium-sized businesses until the insurance carriers started to have this conversation with us. And so why are insurance carriers reaching out? Yes, this team of people on the phone today in this podcast have a lot of experience, but I want to ask a tougher question. Why do they care? Why are they reaching out? What is the Safe House Initiative going to do that hasn't been done before? The one thing that we did get from having conversations with the insurance industry is their customers come to them just for insurance. They don't come to them for education. And so when I'm filling out a cyber policy and I'm being asked questions on whether or not I have multi-factor authentication or backup or any of the six or 12 or 18 controls that NIST provides that the insurance industry is following, it's a yes or no question. There's really no which MFA are you using or what backup are you using and how often do you test it as an example. And if a customer is confused about the question, they don't go to the insurance company and ask them, what does this mean or how do I implement it? And one of the conversations that we were having with a large carrier is, They can pick up the phone and have an entire team from Cisco show up in their conference room and give them an entire day briefing on all of the issues that are facing them and how they can tighten it up. A small, medium-sized business doesn't have that capability because salespeople aren't calling on them. And so the idea of the Safe House initiative was, can we provide a portal to educate their customers at the level that they're being educated and the customers can just go there, learn and make decisions on what they want to do going forward. There's no marketing, there's no selling, it's purely education. And that's one of the requirements that we have. Yeah, to me, from working with a number of our insurance providers, no one's ever met a benevolent insurance company, but insurance companies do care about a combination of things. They care about profits for one, but they also care about the longevity of their customers. And while they do provide some information, they would like to better educate their customers. And so as we were talking to them, they're trying to figure out ways of how can we do this and do it in a way that's beneficial and helps us accomplish our goals, which is profitability and obviously, you know, maintaining their customer base. And so they look at this as a benefit to them because it helps their customers. And many of these organizations are trying to move more down market. You know, they're all doing business with the larger Fortune Fives, Global 2000s, but they're trying to move down market and expand that market space. And they realize this is becoming a huge problem, as Alan mentioned, you know, in that small to mid-tier. And what we love about this concept is that it's informative and educational. It's coming up with best practices and sharing those best practices and sharing information about how to improve their business because this is a problem that everybody faces. And so we're enthused about it, but we know that the carriers that we work with 
are very much supportive of it. And, you know, many of them are joining. Alan mentioned, you know, one that they're going to join the initiative and help us communicate, you know, to these organizations and help them understand how to mitigate, how to respond, how to come about and develop internal processes that actually work. And don't do it after the fact. You can't close the door once the horse has left the barn, as the old saying goes. But what you can do is try to plan and then be prepared just in case something happened. Anytime you're preparing your organization for an emergency, it's like an insurance policy. And the better information you have, the more information you have, the better prepared you are, you know, the better you're going to be able to handle it. And you can you know, mitigate a problem and turn a major conflict or, you know, or a major cyber attack into a minor inconvenience versus a major disaster. Outstanding. David Lewis, where can our listeners find out more information about the Safe House Initiative? We have established a website at safehouseinitiative.org, and you can find out information there. And we've also, recognizing the importance of social media, have established a presence on LinkedIn. And so you can find information there as well. Along with that, I think most of the participants or founding participants of the Safe House Initiative are including information about Safe House Initiative on their websites at Interaction. We have done that as well. So you can also check out the individuals and find links back to the safehouseinitiative.org. So, David, can you talk a little bit for our listeners about who are the founding members of the Safe House Initiative? Sure. The founders of the Safe House Initiative, you know, it wasn't just triggered off of a conversation or interactions between Alan and his organization. It also includes some very premier leading edge companies such as Connect IQ, which provides a zero trust or selective trust solution, it includes Canonical, which is the Ubuntu provider and their capabilities around security and business continuity. And it also includes an impressive company called Landsweeper that was also part of it. Alan, am I missing anybody? No, we're having conversations as well with HPE and Kindrel. So it's literally growing on a daily basis. I've had conversations with four other companies. We're now starting to find MSPs are really interested in being able to provide a quote unquote safe house for their customers as well. And it's literally growing daily. We're glad that we can expand and provide access to any contributor that wants to provide education and content for customers. So it'll be a clearinghouse where customers will have access to the same level of material and content that enterprises and governments are seeing access to. Can you give our listeners an understanding of what does RPO and resilience to attack mean? What does that really mean? And how does it translate into business operations? So what's interesting is hardware vendors sell their technology with a mean time before failure. So we call it MTBF. And basically, my hardware will last four years or five years before it needs to be upgraded or replaced. It's a pretty interesting concept. And so we build hardware to that expectancy. And then we start to build in customer features to map to the next version of the hardware that we're going to roll out, a rolling thunder, as we call it. Well, when we talk about RPO and RTO, so recovery point objective, historically, 
in the mainframe world has been, I want a recovery point objective of four hours, meaning if I have a disaster, my objective is to have all my operations back up in four hours. The recovery point time, though, the RTO is not the same number. Sometimes that could be days. Even though I have an objective, my actual time could be four days to get up and running. And so with all of the issues that you're seeing around the airline industry, not being able to get their systems rebooted up in time for people to make flights, the new requirement is for an RPO of zero. So can we build an architect, a system that will recover in seconds? And the answer is historically no. We provide a recovery point of zero ourselves, and the way we do it is what Safe House is, is founded on, and that is to have more than two locations, a backup and a master site, because that time to recover them is going to take hours. 15 minutes would be very good if you could do that. Recovery time objective is a whole other issue. And so that could take 30 minutes, it could take an hour, and it also depends on where your location is that you're backing it up to. So if it's on the same data center, it could be much faster. But if you have a regional outage, like electricity has gone out or the entire data center is down, you're still offline. And we see this as an issue. And this is what was going on with the airline industry. The ability for us to traverse three or four locations, as many as nine locations, means that we're spreading the net so that it's harder and harder to be able to bring that system down. That is really the post-COVID goal for everybody to get to. And that's something that we provide on the back end. And that's really this new desire for everybody to get there. The challenge that we've had is only very select large enterprises and telcos are aware of most of our contributors' technology because we're all calling on them. A small and medium-sized business, and a medium-sized business could be doing $250 million a year, is not going to see us in their call path. So this is the reason why we thought this would be very interesting to bring more and more partners together to put that message out that this is available to them. So now we get to my favorite part of the podcast, and that's to ask you about the future. So I'm going to start with David Lewis. Can you give us 30 seconds on the future of the Safe House Initiative? Oh, sure. I think it's amazing. And let me just give Alan and the Zero Down software team the credit here for really spearheading and bringing together this group of companies to establish the Safe House Initiative. But I think where we're heading is we will become an organization that provides education in all aspects of business continuity and operational resilience into the industry, especially as we've stated for small and medium-sized companies. But even to the extent of beginning to see safe house implementations that we can help companies deploy to give them that safe operational continuity type of function right out of the gate. And I think that's where we're headed with the Safe House Initiative. Alan, can I get your thoughts about the future of the Safe House Initiative and Zero Down Software? Sure. Jake, you and I have had this conversation over the years, which is education is power, knowledge is power. And we hold that knowledge and that education for a very select amount of companies out there that have the ability to pay for it. The idea of 
finding other companies that are thinking we really need to do something better for the good of the country and for the good of the world by sharing and educating those that don't have access. This democratization of technology where it really should go is what we see Safe House Initiative being. And one of the concepts that's in our conference room is we say that unfortunately, We are slaves to technology, but technology needs to be our slave. We need to harness the power of technology to help mankind, and we really are not. And a lot of that has to do with education. The Safe House Initiative, if we do this right, will be beyond and bigger than the founding members and contributors that we have today. It'll be, as David says, a larger organization of everybody getting involved for the right reasons, which is not about profit. It's about education. Outstanding. And final thoughts from you, David Prostos. One of the things that we're so enthused about regarding the Safe House Initiative is the people in the industry that are approaching us that want to participate. And that's everybody from software firms that we work with to consulting firms that specialize in disaster recovery planning and communications planning. And they're all enthused and they're asking, what can they do to join? What can they do to contribute? So I think that from a community standpoint, we're going to see the Safe House Initiative grow exponentially over the next you know, a few years. And I think we're also going to see the amount of content and the quality of the content that gets put on the platform explode quite dramatically. But I think that the benefit is going to be not just in being able to communicate, but being able to help organizations better plan. I mean, everybody knows how big of a problem, you know, any type of disaster response is just, you know, look at what happened in Florida with the hurricane this summer. And all of those things require some type of response. From our point, it's communications. How can we ensure that there's a method of communications that can deliver content in a multimedia way and deliver it rapidly and track that and ensure things? But it's beyond us. It's what we're going to provide, I think, for the community and what we're going to provide for not only the people that are the big players, but the small players and the people that don't have the resources to really put together the infrastructure or the money and finding other ways of helping those individuals, you know, respond and put in practices that help their businesses survive. Because we're all hearing about companies that are being driven out of business because they get a ransomware attack or damages their business enough, their reputation that they can't survive. And so, you know, what I love about it is we're going to help those guys. We're not just helping the big guys, we're helping the small guys. And I think that's great. We were talking to someone from Gartner the other day, and one of the things he mentioned about the Safe House Initiative is, you know, if we do this correctly and, you know, and talking about our platform and, and zero down software, but the term he used was what we're providing is sanity in the midst of chaos. And I think when you think about that from a small to medium sized business, I think that's something that they need and something that I think Safe House Initiative will be able to provide. On behalf of David Prostos, David Lewis, and Alan Jin, my name is Jake Smith, and this has been another episode of Conversations in the Cloud. Wherever you are in the world, we wish you a good morning, good afternoon, and good night. 